Hey, what's up? Thanks for checking out the Patriots and Saints podcast. We are Chris, Randy, and Joe, and we're going to go around and do a few introductions so you know a little bit about our background, um, who we are, why you may or may not care what we have to say. I'm Joe. I was raised a fundamentalist homeschool Christian. I'm very much not that now. Uh, depending on when you get me, I'm some combo of agnostic, atheist, socialist, anarchist, um, and I'm a avid fan of punk and hardcore music and psychedelic drugs. Hi, I'm Chris. I'm not a fan of psychedelic drugs. Uh, I'm a Mormon. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a CPA. I'm an outdoorsman, and I consider myself well would probably be described as a hybrid of conservative and libertarian. Hey, what's up, everyone? My name is Randy. I'm an evangelical Christian who started to move some towards Catholicism. I'm a husband and father of two. 23andMe says I'm mostly sub-Saharan African, but I'm about 30% European. I love fitness, music, and art. And I think Joe looks best with long hair and Chris would look sharp with a mustache. So we became friends talking about pretty much everything we weren't supposed to at work. Religion, politics, you name it. Anything sensitive if we were talking about it. So now we get together at least once a month to duke it out, respectfully of course, over all these topics and more. These are those conversations. Hey, everyone. This is episode two of the Patriots and Saints podcast. Welcome back. Um, I'm here with uh, Mr. Joe Legg and Mr. Randy Smith. What's um, up, Chris? Hey, man. We've got a couple of uh, topics lined up for everybody tonight that we think you'll enjoy. We're going to talk about the election that's coming up this November. We're going to talk about... BLM, for you baby boomers out there listening, that is not the Bureau of Land Management. We're actually going to talk about Black Lives Matter. Um, probably just stop listening right then and there, I guess, for those baby boomers. But um, that's what we're going to talk about. Since our podcast is still new, we're, we're going to spend a little bit of time the next couple episodes um, getting to know each one of us kind of on a more intimate and personal level joe drew, drew short stick so he gets to go today so randy and i are going to in the hot seat put joe in the hot seat at the end of the episode i guess before we get going i just want to thank all of the uh, 86 listeners that tuned in for episode one one thing that stood out to me was 63 percent of listeners were male and only 35 percent were female so we're going to work on that um, I did a little bit of research and uh, I actually went to the store and got a, a copy of People Magazine. So, in, in, in Chris effort- just dropping bombs right now. <laughs> what is going on? In an effort to boost our ratings among the women folk, I took a read through and it's actually, it's actually dated August 17th, this issue. So this is hot off the press. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger got a new dog. Um, 
Ellen DeGeneres, turns out she's a bad boss. I don't know why that's a big deal because, I mean, sounds like her employees are in the same boat as like half of America. Um, Katy Perry having a baby. Also big news. Is she? I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I didn't either. I wish it was my baby. Um, well, I don't think Orlando Bloom, if he was a listener, is going to be anymore. <laughs> but apparently that's a big deal as well, even though there's probably like 12 million other women that are having a baby. Um, Serena Williams no longer uh, suffers from migraines. And Chris Evans, our Captain America, is starting a bipartisan political website. Took a read through that. That obviously caught my attention. Um, what does that mean? Well, I think what it means is that he's going to work with conservatives and liberals to come to a common understanding. Ironically, all of the pictures and quotes were with Democrats. So I guess <laughs> we'll have to keep our eye out on that. But hopefully that's going to help us with the ladies. Um, my wife and Randy's wife is probably comfortable that we maintain a 30% viewership. But uh, Joe Leg is... My wife doesn't give a shit, so... <laughs> <laughs> An eligible bachelor. So we want to, if nothing else, boost the viewership or the, the listeners, you know, so that he can get his name out there. Thanks. Appreciate it. This People magazine uh, pandering to gender stereotypes is really gonna really gonna nail that for me. <laughs> All right. Without further ado, I'm gonna pass it. I'm gonna pass it off to uh, to Mr. Smith, and he's gonna lead us through our discussion this evening on the election. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. <laughs> Randy's trying to compose himself. Hey, that was good stuff. Who so, checked you out, Chris? Was it a guy or a girl? I, I don't follow the question. At the checkout line when you bought oh. the magazine. <laughs> so, small confession, I actually sent my wife to buy it. <laughs> Not because I wouldn't buy it for myself, but because I was mowing the lawn and forgot to get it earlier. Um, but right. I, I will make sure the viewers know Chris purposely did not tell us how he was going to intro the show. <laughs> but it, we do want more female viewers. So. <laughs> so we decided we'd play to gender stereotypes. We decided we'd let it go because, well... You know, it, I guess it was kind of funny, but but anyways, let's get going, guys. So, current events: Pac-12 and Big Ten have canceled their football seasons for the fall. Um, our president Donald Trump said it is a tragic mistake. Chris, why does President Trump care about college football? I'm guessing he's a fan. <laughs> good. good. Okay. Good. Yeah. Good answer. Perfect. Good answer. <laughs> That's it, ladies and gentlemen. Good night. Donald Trump is a fan of football. <laughs> well, the reason why I ask is this – well, I won't say why Trump is saying that, but the reason why they're contemplating playing or not is because of the COVID. And so there's 
they all kind of work in different regions or whatnot. And so the idea, at least from my perspective, is he's just trying to push the COVID agenda. And that's why he cares about it. Um, I don't know if that's what your point of view is or not, but I think that's where he gets that from. And I think that's where a lot of his stuff comes from. It's more strategic about everything he says. Not really that he's a fan, um, but more or less he's trying to push an agenda. That's my take. I don't know. I'm like, this is going to be a hot take for my, all my liberal fans. But uh, as I don't know, with each passing day, I'm more and more like, I'm over it. I'm over it. Like, yeah, yeah, there should be college football. I don't know. Uh, I'm over COVID, I think, officially. I'm not saying it's fake, but I don't, I'm just not seeing the, the harm here compared to everything we're uh, putting on hold. So you're just ready to go back to normal then? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm on, I can get on board with that. I guess, <laughs> I, my, I guess my, my, my thing about this is, is, you know, the exercise, you know, sport activities has been touted as like a very safe thing. Right. And the risky part of it initially was the stadiums, but now it's like, Nope, we're not playing football. It's, I mean, on the drive home from the grocery store, you pass the baseball fields and all the little leagues are out there playing baseball and the flag football, playing the flag football. I mean, obviously not too dangerous for those guys, but I, I don't know. It's, it's really weird. Um, it, it almost seems like it's just a, a CYA move by the colleges or the, you know, the sports associations that they don't want to get sued if a player gets sick or, you know, heaven forbid yeah, dies. Sure. <laughs> and also, do I think we should have it? Yes. But also, of course, it's Trump pushing an agenda. Like, what? That's all, that's all he does. <laughs> he's, he's a politician now. As much as the right wants to think he's not. Yeah, he is the swamp. Yeah, yeah. And I think as long as that's understood, we're good, right? It, it's not because he likes football. No, he, he doesn't, he does he wants COVID to go away, right? He's, he's over it too, right? He wants to continue. He wants to just have this as a check the box, like, hey, like, we're no longer in COVID. Like, vote for me. I saved the country. But it's just, I don't know. The facts just aren't there yet. Um, I think but, the interesting thing will be on this is the colleges are canceling, but when there's big money involved and it's the NFL, we're going to see what the NFL does. Right. Same sport, same sport. Right. The only difference is the dollar, the the number of commas. I don't think there's a difference in the number of commas. Yeah. The (laughs) college football makes a ton of money. I think the difference between them and the pros is the pros have, are kind of, they're under one kind of umbrella. They can, it's run by, it's one organization where, you know, with these conferences, they call, they all kind of independently run themselves. So, and when you play in a conference, it's like, okay, well, Hey, we don't know what these guys are doing. You know, it's, they're not all on the same page, I think, is the more of the concern, I think, from the college football standpoint. Yeah. And you have, like, Oregon, who I'm sure they're not wanting to play. All the, the West Coast. still standing, or did that all get All the West down? Coast freaks. <laughs> 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 no, that's good. Well, let's, uh, let's transition. Let's talk about uh, – so our Vice President Biden um, made his VP choice um, – Kamala Harris, um, did he make the right choice? 
Um, Joe, what do you think? I mean, yeah, probably for him and the people that'll vote for him. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It definitely feels like pandering to me. Uh, I know like the first five news updates I got on my phone when it was announced was, you know, like first black female, I don't know, the third, I think female, the first black one and like would be the first female ever if she wins, uh, which is all important. And like, that's, that's good, but I don't know. It seems like, obviously that was intentional. You know, she's got a mixed record on uh, criminal justice. But yeah, I, I mean, I think for that ticket, sure, she's good. As as the far left, you know, I think she's like the right mainstream choice for them. But I, I mean, I don't think she or Biden will bring much change with anything. Well, so hold on, because you kind of said a lot there. So, you know, with the whole her race and sex, um, did, does are you saying that doesn't matter or do you feel like that's just being kind of touted as like, Oh, we need to vote for them because of this type thing or what? what yeah. No, it's important. I mean that it, it's important, but I don't, it, I'm skeptical. It feels like that's the reason she is the pick, right? He's trying to like take advantage of that, you know, especially given how they butted heads, you know, and all the, the debates previously. It seems like pandering to me. I'm not saying that's not important. Obviously, I, I think we should have women and people of color in more of those positions. But I don't know. I don't really trust him and his his motives, I guess, for the pick. Yeah. Chris, what do you think? Um, I mean, I'm sure he could have found somebody worse. Um, but <laughs> terrible choice. Terrible. I, I would say, what's he thinking? But I, he doesn't even know. So, um, <laughs> I, I, usually, there's a certain level of strategy that goes into picking a, a, a running mate, right? And so, he goes out and he picks somebody with more baggage than probably anybody else that was at least considering running for president, right? And oh, on top of, what do you mean baggage? Because Joe touched on that too. You know. So I mean, her. What do you mean? I mean, she's like the classics. Due to the extremely hot nature of Chris's take, the Patriots and Saints have excluded this content. What? On top of that. Chris! This <laughs> is on fire to tonight. Yeah. We start the show with stereotyping our <laughs> Now we claim... Randy jokingly summarizes Chris's hot take. <laughs> this is not... I don't know why this is shocking. I mean, it's common knowledge that... She is a lovely woman. Also, hold on to clear my name because Randy, you said something <laughs> about like Joe said something about her checkered past. I was not talking about that. <laughs> um, I, on top of that, though, Joe already mentioned, like, I mean, a very dubious record in terms of criminal justice, right? I mean, she threw the book at people for things like marijuana, which, I mean, now we want to legalize. She admitted to smoking, but I guess as long as you don't get caught or you're the attorney general, then it's cool. I don't know. You can't change your mind, Chris. You can't have like done something well, been like, oh, yeah, wait, that was She did it when she was younger. And then as an attorney general threw the book at these people, 
I mean, so you haven't changed your mind as an adult. Well, sure. I've changed my mind, but I mean, she's basically condemning people to years and years in jail for something she did herself. She didn't go to jail for, I mean, I don't know the reason she didn't get caught most likely, but it just, I mean, it's very hypocritical to engage in that kind of, you know, Yeah, like, she changed her mind, like, a weird way for for a maturing adult. Yeah, I mean, it was was political game, right? Chris, what did your boy Trump do? I mean, he was a Democrat, like, forever, and then when it's, like, time to run, it's like, oh, well, this is the strategy to get in. I mean, he repented, I guess, I mean... Repented. (laughs) Everybody (laughs) loses their way. (laughs) He couldn't say the word repented. He came, he came back to the light. So how come Kamala can't come to the light or come back? I mean... It's cool, man. Maybe, it's cool. She, maybe she could. I mean, I would like that to be demonstrated before, you know, being vice president. Anyways, going back to strategy, right? Usually you pick your, your candidate. You see a lot of vice presidential candidates come from contested states. Right. And he picked somebody from California. It's like, well, that was a slam dunk. Joe Biden, I mean, he could, I mean, lose his marbles even more than he already has and still get California because he's the Democratic nominee. And that's where California goes. Right. So he picked somebody that has a lot of risk associated with her. And then he didn't even he, he doesn't have any advantage in terms of like people relating to the VP from like a swing state perspective. And so I, I, th- I think that, uh, and she did, she performed very poorly in the primaries. I mean, she actually dropped out before the first votes were even held because she was like 0% support. Right. And so obviously wasn't very popular. I, I just, there are significantly stronger candidates. I think that he could have tapped. Um, I think he pigeonholed himself with all the criteria that was thrust upon him. And, um, and it really narrowed the field. But even within the parameters that he set for himself, I think there are way more, I'll say, competent people that he could have chosen that would have also been more politically advantageous. Yeah, I think that's a bunch of crap. I mean, she she was like the leading candidate, like to be the VP, like the whole time. Like, Go look up the numbers, Randy. Go look up the numbers. Go look up the numbers. She dropped out before the first vote in Iowa. That's the presidential race, right? But when we started talking about who was going to be the VP, she was the one that was talked about the whole time as the leading candidate. Uh, Rice was a top contender. She was not the top. I know that's who you like. I know that's your girl and all that (laughs) stuff. But, like, she was not the top. Um, But, you know, I don't know. I I don't even know if it's worth debating much more. I mean, I think, you know, everyone has a past. You know, like, now, if there's something specific about her record – then you know we can talk about it but she's been she's been qualified she has been the number one contender since the vp race started um and i think she's gonna do great so let's move on so you keep poking fun at like joe and like memorizing stuff what like what are you talking about like can you please elaborate here and not this joe but this me, me <laughs> Joe has not, no not Joe Lay. Our <laughs> Joe is very sound of mind. <laughs> oh man, not, not Joe, not Joe Lay, but Joe Biden. Probably too sound to run on a Democratic ticket, at least in 2020. Yeah, I would never. They're way too conservative for me. 
Well, look, okay. We've seen we've seen the ads about him like not like remembering stuff. I'm assuming that's what you're referring to, right? Basically, every time I watch the man speak, I I don't know what he's trying to say. I I mean, he's speaking in English, but he can't form a coherent sentence. And on top of that, I don't. I question the mental integrity of someone who repeatedly offends broad groups of people with public statement. Like it's just mind boggling the things that he says. And I want to give him the benefit of the doubt and assume that he has some mental deterioration and that he's not actually. This is, yeah. But this is the whole thing. Like this is the rights thing now. Like every democratic nominee is like, Oh, Hillary's sick. Joe's crazy. He's old. They're all crazy. You can't trust their brains. Like, I don't know. It's just like seeming like a tactic now. Yeah. I mean, like, can you just repeat what you said about Joe one more time? Can you just repeat it? What I said about Joe? Yeah. His mental integrity? Yes. <laughs> Someone that does what? That. <laughs> I mean, he can't form a single coherent sentence. And when he manages to get words out that people can understand it, I mean, I mean, like two or three times now it's been, I mean, I'll use the word racist. I mean. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, who are you talking about? Are you talking about Trump yeah. or are you talking about Biden? Yeah. I'm like, talking about Joe please, Biden. Please. Okay, tell I know. me. You can't even tell. <laughs> no, you can't tell. Yeah. <laughs> Would you say those You asked me about, about Joe Donald Biden. Trump. I'm telling you about Joe Biden. Okay, so tell me about Donald Trump. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Come on, I want to hear it. <laughs> Don't open that Pandora's box. Because <laughs> if Joe's all this other stuff, like, <laughs> mentally coherent because of the crazy stuff he says, uh, puts people against each other because of the stuff he says. And every time you hear him speak, you're like, I don't know what the heck this guy's talking about. I think a lot of people think Trump would fit that description too, Chris. I mean, you'd have to, you'd have to show me some, some video clips of that. I don't, seems to know what he's saying when he's, you know, most of the time he, he gets his facts wrong every once in a while, but he's not, you know, losing track of where he's at and what year it is and what office he's running for. <laughs> well, he definitely hit the nail on the head whenever he said that, you know, numbers would stay low if he wouldn't test more coronavirus cases. So yeah. let, let's move on. Um, yeah. well, 2020 predictions. All right. I, I know you want Trump to win, Chris, but let's move on to Joe. Joe, who's, who's winning the election? <laughs> yeah, shut up, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll share mine after Joe. <laughs> I think your Facebook uh, profile says it all, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I really don't know. I I think Joe may have a chance, especially with that pick. I, I don't that. I think it was. I think it's a a smart pick. Um, I don't know. I think I think he could. If I have to go on record, I don't know. I'll say Joe. I'm not sure how confident I am in that, though. Okay. Chris, tell us who, but tell us why. All right. Donald Trump, Mike Pence are going to win the presidency um, for second term. And uh, honestly, I mean, the economy is screaming until this cooked up Kung flu um, I mean, the economy was screaming. I mean, the stock market was up. What more do people want? I mean, people, they may not like him, but things were, things were better, right? 
record low unemployment, record low unemployment for minorities. I mean, yeah, he rubs people the wrong way, but uh, he's delivering. I would like a little bit more wall thrown up, but we'll save that for the second term. Um, I'm going to say the Republicans may squeak out a few more seats in the Senate and that the Democrats are going to keep the House. That's my my 2020 prediction. No, that's good. Randy? Um, 2020 prediction. Um, so let me just give a preface first. I'll give a prediction. Like we're, we've been talking about personality, acting. Chris, you brought up a good point about policy. We're going to have to see policy. Um, you know, we know what Trump when Joe doing. knows, you'll know. It's on his website. So I'll, I'll look there. But once we can get into the details of policy, we can hear what they have to say, then I'll make it who I think will win. But, as of right now, I really think I think Joe has the edge. I mean, just look at the polls. I don't. There's no like even question. But at the same time, we saw what happened with Hillary and him last year. So, so we'll Pol- see. Pollsters crushed it last time. Yeah, that's like the that's like the first time in history and like that's happened though. So, um, but anyway, right. right, let's move on. Yeah. So uh, enough about that. Black Lives Matter. I know. One of the two of you is very passionate about this, and <laughs> it's not the one of you that is black, I don't think, but maybe it'll surprise <laughs> me. <laughs> so maybe Randy, start us off with how do you see Black Lives Matter as an official organization versus sort of a, a slogan or a movement? Yeah. No, Joe, I think that's good. That's a good point. I mean, I think there is a clear distinction, at least through my eyes, through the, the organization and just the movement in general. I mean, I do think they overlap. Um, but, you know, the movement, I think, is more about just, you know, racial um, equality, um, the end of police brutality, and just, um, you know, just end of systemic racism, just equality in general, right? And just making sure that happens, because, you know, we're just, we're not there yet. Right. And I think the organization, the difference there is they kind of have, it's almost more of a political agenda. Now you're not going to find that on the website. Um, but a lot of their leaders, you know, have spoken out on just political views. Right. And so even on their website, they do talk about things that aren't necessarily related to, or at least I'll say directly related to, um, you know, helping blacks specifically. Um, so I think that's the distinction. I think whenever we hear that word black lives matter, a lot of people like, you know, they don't, it's hard to differentiate the two. Right. And I think when people talk about the movement, at least from my perspective, you know, I think most people are on board with that, right. Like fighting for equality and stuff like that. But I think when you talk about the organization, a lot of like, you know, looting and the rioting associated with that, a lot of the bad political press. So I think there is a clear distinction. I, I don't support the, you know, the looting and all that stuff. As far as the political stuff, um, they're not claiming to be Marxist on their website, but, you know, some of their leaders have, you know, spoken to that. So, you know, I'm not, you know, like you said, I'm not necessarily too passionate about this topic necessarily specifically, but I do think it's important to draw the distinction um, between the two because I I do think that matters. Do you think I'm going to push you on this one? Do you think people are generally on board with the movement 
as opposed to the organization or and I'm like very transparently stating my opinion in the form of a question, but (laughs) (laughs) do you really think people are on board with that idea and that movement? Or do you think that people kind of aren't and there's like a conflation that goes on with the official organization? Cause that's kind of easier to, to poke holes in when people really aren't actually comfortable with equality? Yeah, that's a good question, Joe. I think, I think it's complicated, right? I mean, it's, it's hard to really like know, right? And so um, <laughs> our friend Chris has a, you know, he always talks about how do we prove stuff, right? So <laughs> beliefs you can't really prove, right? I can't, I can't prove that um, anyone feels a certain way or whatnot, but sure. I do believe that um, people in general, um, do want equality and at least the people that I, I would say I respect that necessarily that don't like the black lives matter movement are for equality in general. Um, but I, I do feel to your point there, it is and at least in some circles used as kind of a, the organization and the wrong that they've been associated with has kind of been used as a scapegoat just to like go against the movement and to try to try to create stuff. I mean, we were talking about, you know, Trump being on agenda by making tweets about football. Well, some people are on agenda to like tear people apart, right. And to, to cause discourse. And so I definitely think um, there's that element to it because I think people get triggered easily. And if you got something where you, know, you can't really tell like what someone's talking about, you know, people are going to be triggered based off like, you know, what they more commonly associated with. So I definitely think that's there. I definitely think there are people out there that are, you know, doing it in ill will, but like, um, I'll let Chris here. I know he's not the biggest fan of, of black lives matter the organization, but I do feel like he's a, at least what he shared with me. <laughs> he's a fan of the movement. Yeah. So, I mean, just to pick up off the agenda, I mean, I think the agenda goes both ways, right? I think that there's within the organization, to me, the agenda has very little to do with black lives and racism and equality and more to do with, you know, radical socialist, you know, agendas and policies that, you know, people Hell want yeah. to, you know, that kind of stuff that Joe likes, you know? And so <laughs> I, I, obviously the movement, I, yeah, nobody, well, I won't say nobody because obviously there's still ignorance remains um, and, you know, there are racist individuals in the world, but, you know, I think that the vast majority of people are open to the movement and, you know, are looking for ways that they can help. Right. I think it's kind of hard because the organization often overshadows the movement and kind of hijacks the momentum that is there to push their own purposes and agenda. And so to me, I really have little respect for the actual organization and I feel like it is doing harm to the movement. Um, again, I'm movement. I'm, I'm all about that. That's, that's a good, good thing to highlight the shortcomings that we still have and that we need to fix some things. Um, organization it's garbage 
Sorry. That's going to offend somebody. But. I'm all for both, and I'm all for the looting and the rioting, and I think all of the politicians should be, like, taken out and hung in the street, and we should just start over. So, you know, any anything that gets us closer to that, I'm good with. <laughs> He's kidding about hung in the streets, anyone who's – worried about that yeah to, he's, de- to he's definitely not unless it's <laughs> unless it's like the you know that nsa's list the is FBI, he's totally yeah. joking <laughs> exactly yeah project prism i'm kidding but <laughs> all right so then kind of related and i don't know maybe you guys can shed some light on it for me because i don't totally understand it what do you guys think about the athlete protests um, my question is, why do you think uh, people are so upset about them? Uh, but then secondary question, uh, are you upset about them? And then third question, do you think they've done anything? Okay. Uh, maybe we can just go back and forth for each one. And I'll start with, um, you know, why are people upset? Um, I think it's just um, not understanding what, you know, people are doing miscommunication, I think, um, is, is generally what it all comes down to. I think, you know, as we talked about the movement versus the organization, it's, it's not clear what people are talking about. And I think with this athlete protest, I don't think anyone has an issue with, uh, the folks, you know, the athletes going to, um, you know, to peaceful protests and stuff like that. I think it's more of, uh, a kneeling issue, right? I think that's the, the hot topic around the athlete protest, right? And so with the kneeling specifically, um, I think there's just been like mass confusion and mass misunderstanding on what's going on, right? Um, you know, whether you believe it or not, um, you know, the, every, everyone involved has come out and spoken about, you know, the Colin Kaepernick and the genesis of it. And if you're not familiar, you know, Colin started sitting during the national anthem. Um, he was told, you know, by an acquaintance of his who um, was a, a veteran at Green Beret, hey, you know, it'd be nice if you didn't sit. Um, if you, and then they talked about why he was sitting. Um, and then he said, I respect that. Um, but instead of sitting, would you mind kneeling? And so that's what Colin did. Um, and then that created this huge uproar about disrespecting the flag and disrespecting the troops and all that stuff. And so obviously like that was not his intent, right? It'd be like, you know, you guys are my friend asking me like something about something you could do to help the black community. And then all of a sudden, like you do it and everyone in the black community is like, what the heck are you doing? Like, why would you do that? You're disrespecting all the blacks. And I was like, huh? Like I was, I, I asked my like, my good black friend. And that's what he said. That was not my intent. Um, so that I feel like is all just mass confusion, misunderstanding, and then just goes to the agenda, right? It's like people didn't like that. So they wanted to, you know, put people against each other. Um, and it's, you know, um, it's something that people have strong feelings about. People care about their country a lot. People care about the, the military. And so if there's a, a belief that like you're disrespecting, this country, then people are going to be upset about it. And at the same time, there's going to be frustration if people are trying to protest and trying to, um, you know, send a message and no one's listening and they're being ignored and they're being misconstrued and, and told they're 
saying something else, even though they're telling you like, no, I'm not saying that. Um, kind of like we were talking about, you know, last week, you may not like what people are doing, like, you know, but you, you should have to, you should, if, if you want to respect them, you should understand why they're doing it. Right. And I think if you can understand why someone's doing that, then you can be at peace with it. But that's why I think people are upset. Chris, is that why you're upset about it? <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't, I, I disagree with the kneeling. Um, I think it's quite disrespectful and obviously there's difference of opinion on whether or not it is disrespectful. I think that uh, obviously the players have quite the platform available to them to where they can obviously bring uh, attention to issues. And I think that can be used for good. And I also think it can be done in a way that is not considered disrespectful to, you know, a large portion, in this instance, a large portion of the NFL fan base or, you know, and then obviously it's gone beyond that and more than more people have chimed in than probably you could consider fans of, you know, the NFL and football and stuff. And I, I think that that would have better served the message they were trying to send and it would have resonated with more people. I think their message resonates with people that, may have already been aware of the issues or um, are, you know, supportive of that. I think that if they had approached it in a different way that wasn't kneeling during the national anthem um, and before the flag, I think that they could have really gotten a lot more people on board and it would have been more effective and much more or a lot better received, you know, among the general population. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, more, I know I didn't answer the other two parts of the question. Like, um, you know, I, I like for me personally, um, you know, with the whole like kneeling thing, it doesn't like, I understand it. Right. So I'm able to kind of like look through like any sort of like perceived, like, you know, disrespect, um, you know, cause clearly telling you like, that's not what we're doing. And you have people in the military that are like, no, I'm not disrespected by it. But again, it's, it's something that people can have an opinion on. So, um, but I, I, I do think it's helping. Um, you know, I think, yeah, people are upset with the fact they're kneeling, but I think it's still calling attention to the movement. I think vast majority of people are understanding now or, you know, before it was more like, um, you know, it was more divisive. So like a, a good example is with, with Drew Brees, right? Like he came on and he made similar comments that Chris said. Um, and basically, um, you know, the whole world went after him um, and made sure like he understood why, um, you know, people were kneeling and um, understood, you know, the reason behind that. And he, you know, he apologized for those comments he, he, I don't know if he still believes that this kneeling is disrespectful to the flag, but his apology is more associated with not really listening to what people say. And I think maybe to Chris's point, I don't think, you know, there's not much planning with a lot of these words and movements that are going around like white privilege or like black lives matter. It's like, you know, no one really like plan this out and like, okay, we got to make sure we come up with a slogan that doesn't like confuse people in certain ways and doesn't trigger people in other ways, you know, like not all that goes into all that, right. They're just like, someone could say something, you know, in a, in an interview that just, you know, 
catches wildfire, right? And so, like, yeah, ideally, like, you know, there could have been some different ways. People could have thought through different ways, but this is where we are. This is what it's come up. This is what we we've gone through. But um, I do think it's changing. I think you know, you see at least as of now, after the post George Floyd, I think you definitely see a difference in the way people feel about kneeling and the, and the protest by athletes in general. Well, I'm going to jump in here just to put my two cents in, even though I'm the moderator, but I personally, um, I think like every time I think about this, I think back to watching the, uh, the Ken Burns Vietnam war documentary and, uh, seeing the soldiers in there, the American soldiers that they're interviewing. Um, and when they're coming back from Vietnam and seeing like the suppression of the protesting and the riots that were going on against the war and, um, you know, the soldiers themselves are like, I think in tears, I don't know, like New York times don't give me Pinocchios if they aren't actually crying. But I think, I think they're, they're very clearly emotionally moved and saying like, wait, what the hell? Like, this is what I was over there fighting for was our country and like our people's right to protest this. And now you're like trying to quell that. Um, so I don't know. To me, I don't understand the the view that it's like disrespectful to the country in any way to to kneel during the anthem. Like no soldiers are over, you know, fighting wars for the musical notes of the anthem. I don't think. I mean, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> maybe one nuts. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> yeah, to me, I just I just don't understand that argument. Whether yeah. you agree with it or not, I feel like it is you know an American right to do that. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not questioning the right. Right, they obviously have the right to do that. Um, I don't think that their intent was to you know offend people either. Um, I, but you know, that's how it was received. Um, yeah, unintended well, consequences. Whether or not that was their intention, um, by I a mean, bunch I, of conservative snowflakes. <laughs> those, those two things don't go to. Those two things don't go together, Joe. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think the key is like just having those conversations, right? When the people, you know, like get together and talk, like generally, I feel like it gets resolved, right? Like it's only when it's on like you know the news or like you know, someone's trying to incite, you know, some sort of conflict or whatever, but like, you know, like, and I don't think Drew Brees meant anything, you know, disrespectful to the Black Lives Matter movement or anything like that. Like he's like, I mean, he's, he's a football player. He had to have been like growing up around black people all of his life. So like, I mean, it'd be hard to believe he's like this undercover racist that like doesn't care about blacks and the way they feel. Um, so I think, you know, and what we saw afterward was, um, you know, they, they talked, obviously, and, you know, you know, Drew apologized for the way things came across and, you know, you know, all that. But I think the key is just, you know, having conversations and opening it up. So. And also being radical. <laughs> throw that in. Well, I know it's a good segue. It's a good segue. <laughs> to you being so radical. So. The next topic, as promised by Mr. Dean, was we're going to get to know 
Mr. Leg a little bit. And so on the intro, you know, he, he said that he is a uh, sometimes agnostic, uh, sometimes atheist, just depending on when you, when you see him or when you get to him, and also a socialist and anarchist. So with that, Joe, just on your intro, right? Like you said that sometimes atheist, sometimes agnostic, it just depends. It, like, is your belief system still changing? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's constantly evolving. Um, and I would say it's primarily determined by um, whatever the belief system is of the girl I'm talking to at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Some conservative women on the show. Sounds like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kidding. Kind of. Um, no. I did the quick sidebar. I was like uh, seeing this girl and uh, she was like very, very Southern uh, Christian. And I was like, I I had already committed to like picking up coffee for the like Sunday school class for her church. I was just like, yeah, sure. I'll go to church, whatever. That's just a little poke fun at me. Um, but no, my actual beliefs, um, yeah, for a while I was like totally atheist, um, and like balked at the idea of any sort of God I've softened now. Um, I don't know what it means exactly, but you know, what I would probably consider a higher power, uh, probably wouldn't fit into like the definition of most people's definition of God, but I definitely do think there's, there's some sort of collective human consciousness force kind of deal. So leaning away from the atheist part, at least currently. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I think, I think there's something. That's good. Just trying to figure out exactly like what it is. Right. Yeah. You also, in the intro, you mentioned that uh, you started off as a Christian. So I guess like at what point, you know, what was the, you know, the big bang of your conversion, if you will, (laughs) you went from a Southern Christian boy to the Joe leg of today. (laughs) Yeah. It's hard to pinpoint. I don't know. I'm, I'm always looking to be uh, controversial and that kind of goes with whatever group I happen to be around at the time. Um, And so for a lot of that time, you know, even with my family, even as a, you know, being raised in a very fundamentalist Christian home, um, I was always like kind of trying to push the boundaries. I guess I'm a drama queen, but um, so it's kind of hard to, to pinpoint when that, when I actually like internalize that. Um, yeah. Kind of over time, maybe like you just kind of had start having questions and like, yeah, I don't, I just don't know about this. Yeah. So I always had questions and I think uh, this is the time I can actually pinpoint in my mind where I was like, all right, you know what? Fuck that. Sorry. But I was actually in the restroom at our place of employment and, uh, my my mom sent me you know it was a longer restroom break not a shorter one so i was perusing the phone and uh i don't know my mom sent me some text that came through 
and it just like mentioned the tower of Babel for some reason. Oh, like, I don't know. It was a weird thing to be uh, texting. But anyway, I was just like sitting there thinking about it. And I was, uh, I was just like, man, it, that like, first of all, would a God like actually think that like assuming there was a heaven and a God actually think people could build a tower that could get to him? Like, would, he, would this God actually think that? And then secondly, if they could, like, what an asshole to just, like, screw with that. Like, let them. Who cares? Um, that was, uh, that's the closest thing I can pinpoint as, like, a conversion moment, I guess. <laughs> so mom's reminder on the Tower of Babel did it for you, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean... Thanks, That's fair. I mean, that was a very unintended consequence, by the way, of hers. <laughs> no, I, I, of course not. Right? And I think, I mean, I think that's fair. You know, um, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, I'll just say stories in the Bible, and so, you know, and we'll kind of save this for maybe Chris or I's week, but you know, a lot of that is depending on your belief system can be viewed as literal or more of symbolic. So. Um, you know, I, I won't, I won't, I won't wrestle with you on that, um, you know, kind of thing that swayed you over. Um, but just we'll, we'll plan to respond to that whenever I go. Um, yeah, but I will say, I mean, that's a good point. And I will say, you know, like I get it, there's symbolism, but I think the more and more that the literal part was like, just clearly to me false, yeah. Um, kind of the less that any symbolism or like meaning or kind of applicability to my life seemed relevant to, you know, it was like, well, okay, this isn't a literal thing. I don't know what, then what's the symbolism that I shouldn't be prideful. Okay. Do I need to like actually believe this whole damn book to like, no, I shouldn't be prideful. Like, no, I think I can get there. Gotcha. So basically, is, was it like, do I need this or do I like kind of inherently like already like know the right thing to do or? Yeah, if, it, if it's not, if it's not literally true and you can't rely, like if the argument is, well, it's not all literal, but you don't know what's literal or not. Yeah. Then what is the purpose and what, you know, what, what are you relying on? Uh, yeah, know, it just it just seems subjective uh, when you tried to move it to like a symbolic meaning. The meaning just didn't resonate with me. Like, yeah, I, no, that's that's fair, man. That's fair. So you know, it doesn't sound like you use the Bible for determining right or wrong. So like you kind of mentioned, it's you don't really maybe don't need that. Is that just something you're just like, okay, well, I just know like that's just not a good decision or that's not the right thing to do or you know, how, how do you kind of go about that? Yeah, I mean, you know, in general, I mean, it'll sound cliche, but I mean, the main thing is, you know, harming others. I think that's a good starting point. Um, doing, <laughs> actively trying to do the least harm to others, I think is um, kind of a guiding principle. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, yeah, I came from a Christian background, so I'm like, all my digs are at Christianity. I don't mean that, you know, I think everyone everyone should believe, you know, what they want. There are uh, flaws with all of the organized religions in my mind, but as an example, you know, I, I do think that's a, that's a common question from people is like, Oh, well, you don't like, you don't subscribe to a religion. Then like, how do you know what's right and wrong? But like, do you need the Bible to tell you that example, the 10 commandments, you know, like, and I'm, I'm borrowing heavily from Sam Harris right now, admittedly, but the first five are like, have no other gods before me, you know? And it's like, okay, well, I don't, that's not really giving me morality. That's just making me devoted to the ideology. And then, you know, don't murder, don't covet. You know, it's like, do you really need those? You can have those kind of guiding principles without having them spelled out for you in a, a religious doctrine to me. Yeah, no, I agree. No, that's yeah. good. So, you know, so you're not, you said you're agnostic. So it sounds like you're still trying to figure it out, you know, and obviously this is just belief, right? Cause nobody knows. So from your perspective, you know, when we, when we pass, like, what do you think happens? Um, do we just cease to exist? Do we go to some sort of afterlife? Like what is your um, thought on like what happens after death? Yeah, you, uh, presumably you have people that care about you and they all cry and then they (laughs) either stick you in the ground or an incinerator and, uh, then you sit there (laughs) and, uh, yeah, exactly. That's my afterlife. Yeah. Maybe you like provide some nourishment to, uh, something else. Well, like, so but like, okay, so more specifically, right? Like you were, like you have a conscious right now, like you, like, do you have a mind? Like, what do you think that just like everything just shuts off and then like, it's just none of you is there anymore or like. Yeah. So for me, and I, uh, that's kind of where I get to like, uh, that kind of is my idea of like a God or a, a higher power sort of deal is Yeah, I think for me personally, I cease consciousness. That's kind of the end of me. But I do, I think that my life and my experience, you know, however minute, um, I, I think contributes to sort of our collective human experience and consciousness and knowledge. So, um, you know, not... It's, uh, it's not like totally depressing, you know, I think there's a purpose, but uh, to me, the, the purpose is to, you know, human, the cumulative human existence has, has kind of been furthered by, by my existence. But yeah, personally, I don't think I continue consciousness. Gotcha. So I, I'm curious, I'm, I am curious, Joe. So Obviously, you're not into, you know, organized religion, um, and I guess you've kind of described yourself as, you know, bouncing between being a socialist and 
an anarchist. Um, I guess when you're on having a socialist day, I mean, how do you reconcile your distaste for organized religion, but then, you know, kind of having an ideology of where, you know, society really should be highly structured. Right. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, that's kind of the underlying premise of socialism and communism and that way of thinking, right. That things are more structured. And I know you're not a fan of, structured religion so is there yeah, any... uh, i'm not a fan of structure period as you guys <laughs> probably know very well but uh i think there are some like uh, some confusion of some terms in the question with the communism and socialism and everything but uh, whatever when i say socialist i mean uh, really just the underlying thought that the means of production should be owned by the workers and the producers. Um, that's what I mean by socialist. I don't, I'm definitely not communist. I definitely don't believe in um, big government or uh, a planned economy, but yeah, I, I mean, I guess, I guess that's how I would, how I reconcile it. Um, you know, I think, I think you could have, capitalism where the means of production are owned by the other end. That doesn't necessarily mean that everything is structured and controlled. Yeah. Well, I think we've probably got time um, maybe for one more question. So you said you're agnostic, right? So beliefs are still kind of free flowing. Um, well, but hold on, let me pause you. Cause you guys okay. keep saying like, you're agnostic, so you're still trying to figure it out. Yeah, as much as you guys are still trying to figure it out. Like, none of us know anything, right? Like, that's that's the whole idea with faith. So, like, I wouldn't say, yeah, I'm agnostic, so I haven't picked what religion I am yet. That is mine. But sorry to interrupt you. I just want to... No, no, no. And I, <laughs> I, I didn't mean... I wasn't, like, meaning in a way that, you know, you don't know what you're talking about or so <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, lost yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, and, and I am, and, and my ideas are free flowing too. Like I said, you know, in, in my intro that, you know, I'm an evangel evangelical Christian, um, but some of my views are moving towards Catholicism. So hundred percent that that's perfectly fair and, and perfectly expected. Um, but my question was really like, you know, and it was, it's almost around that, right. You know, if your belief system is like, you know, agnostic in the definition is, is you, you don't know, um, you know, could you see yourself, you know, five years down the line, 10 years down the line, whatever it is, um, you know, I guess converting, right. Or, um, you know, and it, I guess you just kind of answered it. Or do you feel like at least at this stage, like, you know, no, like it just, I would really just, I don't like organized religion. I don't, I don't, this, I don't think Christianity is the way. Um, but this is kind of where I'm comfortable at. Yeah, I can answer that very concisely. I could easily see myself converting. It depends how hot she is. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good. We got to find, well, Kristen or Chris, we'll find like, we'll just, we'll find a Christian girl, I guess, for him, or we can find anyone <laughs> can, can convert it wherever we I'm sure we can dig up a Donald Trump supporter for you, Joe. 
She better be a smoke show. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Well, thanks a lot. This was good. Um, Everyone, appreciate you guys taking a listen to us. Um, Hope you're enjoying it. Let us know if you guys have any feedback. Um, But have a great day. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. See ya.